welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome to the show, everybody. Got a good one for you today with Claire Campagna. Um, we talk about a lot of interesting stuff. Um, I feel like we, we touched on maybe like 2% of what we could have talked about. Um, but there's a lot of great stuff in here, so I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, I don't have much to talk about, so I guess this is going to be maybe like the shortest intro that I've given, unless I keep talking. Uh, let's pay a couple bills and dive right in with Claire Campagna and me. Hey folks, you know I talk about mental health on this podcast a lot. Uh, with my own struggles, uh, a lot of times I'll talk to guests about their struggles. And uh, that being said, I uh, want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether that's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professional professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. As a bonus, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Macalino. That's BetterHelp.com slash M-A-C-O-L-I-N-O. All right, everybody. I'm very pleased to welcome Claire Campagna to the Jeff Macalino podcast. How are you, Claire? I'm doing well. How are you? And thank you for pronouncing my last name right. Well, it's it's an Italian last name, isn't it? I was yeah. about to say I can I can trust that a Macalino would pronounce Campagna the right way, but yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were there were there's a local family to me that that was uh, Caponia. Yeah, just, same name with an O. Yep. Uh, yeah so i'm like yeah I, I i know how to say this name oh yeah well you always yeah. just tell people like just think of lasagna i know all americans know the word lasagna it's the same <laughs> ending <laughs> yeah yeah there's you don't pronounce the z the g excuse me in lasagna either so <laughs> exactly exactly yeah the the only time i was super embarrassed because I, I pride myself in pronouncing Italian last names correctly because, you know, Naturally. I got the, the macaroni macarena, you know, not really that close, by the way, just three letters. No. No. <laughs> um, really just the first three. <laughs> but the uh, the last name DiGiacomo, which is D-I-G. I, so I'm like, DiGiacomo? D- DiGiacomo? 
someone's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Just yeah. that one. That one's tough. I honestly, I will be totally transparent. I only know that one because there was a kid at my elementary school whose first name was Giacomo. And I remember that was mm. when I was like, oh, that's how you spell Giacomo. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the fun thing when you have kids is like the the Asian last name, Win with N-G-U-Y-E-N or something like that. And then my son's like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's it's Win. He's like, there's no W. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's the way different different languages across the world. <laughs> yes. Nguyen. Yes. I had a friend with the last name Nguyen growing up, and I remember just being shook when, when yeah. I saw that. Like, whoa, this doesn't match any of the phonetics that I was <laughs> taught growing up, but I like it. Yeah. My mouth doesn't make that noise, I don't think. <laughs> yes. But to be fair, like, that's literally what people say about Italian last names, too. Yeah. So it's just, you know, to each his own. I if guess you can't it's... say it, just say Claire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and by the way, I'm also jealous of your podcast name Ooh. because, I mean. I know. It's it pretty just, solid. I'm not going to lie. It, it, I, <laughs> people, I even added it to the outgoing thing to my uh, podcast, making fun of, and by the way, your podcast for the audience, it'll be in the show notes, but allow me to clarify, just perfectly works, and your oh, name's sh- in there. <laughs> um, And then, you know, I, my name's in there too, my, in my in my podcast title, it's just not... You didn't make a pun. It's fine. No, honestly, this was an idea. First of all, thank you. This was an idea <laughs> I was sitting on for a long time, just the podcast in general. And for whatever reason, the name of it was such a hang up for me. And one day I had that come through and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm going to, re- I'm going to make it now. It's finally time to actually launch this podcast. Cause I can't not with a name like that. <laughs> That's a good point. No, that's I. I think I heard you talking to L. Embers, uh, mutual friend uh, of of. Uh, was she on your show, or is she going to be on an episode of your show? We've recorded, and I okay. haven't published it yet, but it actually just got edited this weekend as we're recording this, so it should be coming so out. So it'll probably be out by the time this is available. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, I heard you talking to her, and I'm like, oh, that's exactly. Uh, you said I. You were sitting on it for months. And then the name, I was sitting on mine, the same thing. I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to call it. Like, that's the main thing. And it's like, that's such a dumb thing to get hung up on if you think about it. It is, but it, it held me back. It was like, it was enough to be like, "Mm, I guess it's not time. (laughs) Guess I won't do it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and and part of me is like, well, it's probably good that I didn't do it six months earlier because it, it it took me a long time until I felt like I was halfway decent, and I still feel like I'm only halfway decent at this. But it's like right there with you, yeah. Yeah, but at least you got a cool name. <laughs> I'll take it. I know I can trick people into thinking it's good before they actually listen. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, it's my name. That's that's I I was I was <laughs> I was too sick of trying to. Uh... It works. It so works, and people know your name. Like that's kind of the point. People, people see it. They remember it. They learn your name. It, it's a good branding strategy, probably. You know what? I, I think that actually may be why I just decided to pull the trigger on that. One was that, first of all, not that I'm comparing myself, but Joe Rogan Experience is the biggest podcast in the globe. So mm-hmm. 
obviously I'm not Joe Rogan as far as fame or anything. Uh, look at how much hair I have on my head. <laughs> but um, it's the only thing I can brag about. And height. <laughs> but anyways. But it, but I'm like you know it's not like he needed a clever name to 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 make it work and then I I do think I heard a, a stand up on another podcast this is coming back to me now talking about you need like seven impressions of your name on somebody before they actually remember it mm-hmm. so he's like I did stand up and, and a guy came up to me he's like I've seen you twice you're really funny he's like oh thanks you should check out my website he's like I don't know what your name is so I don't. <laughs> I know your face. I have no idea who you are. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, this way, I guess, if I ever, you know, if they stumble upon it, at least that's one impression. Honestly, it's it's a solid strategy. I think it's really smart to name your podcast after yourself. I felt like I needed to, but I also wanted it to be like, what am I talking about? And this felt like a good blend, but... That's exactly what my website, like my business is named after myself for that exact reason. Cause I was definitely the person that was, people remembered who I was, but n- no idea who my, what my name was in high school and stuff. <laughs> like, the presence yeah. was there. The name, not so much like, Oh, you're that funny girl. I'm like, Oh, thanks. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's what you remember me from. But like, <laughs> can, you, can you remember a little bit more than that? That'd be great. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that that's uh yeah, I was I was the I feel like I was the nice guy. Hey, like in that's high not school. a bad like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm known now because I married one of the cool kids from my high school, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's honestly it's become more apparent now the as an adult because people are like we'll see them out in public and they'll start chatting him up and they'll be like, hi, I'm nice to meet you. And I'm like, I was there. (laughs) I went to school with you as well. And I wasn't that random. Like I definitely was at the same parties that you were at. Um, Just able to fly under the radar at the same time. Like, I don't know. Um, Which honestly was probably not a bad thing. But it it's hilarious because me and my husband joke about it all the time because he doesn't want to be remembered and he just can't not be. And mm. I'm the other way around. I'm like, why does no one remember me? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a balance in between there, I feel like, with all of those things. That's, For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I at, get, we're at opposite ends of the spectrum, apparently, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's that way, even with name recognition and face recognition, like at, at large, like I would not ever want to be Joe Rogan famous, where yeah. everyone's yes. listening to my podcast, writing down, what did he say that we can possibly write an article about? Never want to be that famous. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't mind a little, you know, I don't want to be recognized at, at, at Publix. Like, that would be a nightmare. I'm like, no. Yes. Don't look at what's in my cart. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm right there with you. It's like that balance between I don't want to be seen at that level to the point where people want to poke holes through anything I say. But I also like would love to get recognized for my gifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a tough it's a tough balance. Um, you have. Um, I want to get into what you're doing. Uh. And your story is uh, similar to mine almost. Although I, one thing I really I want to jump on right away before we even get started. Mm-hmm. I know I, I'm I think I'm at least a handful of years older than you, but 
I love that when you describe, I believe you say in my quarter life crisis, and I think I was probably only a few years older than you, and I called it my midlife crisis, <laughs> which probably shares our outlook on maybe how we treat our bodies and uh, how long we think we're going to live. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Just for reference now, as we record this, <laughs> I'm 30. Um, and when I went through what I call my quarter life crisis, I was in the age range of like 25 to 28 Okay. That's yeah. I was I was early 30s I think when I when I had my midlife crisis. Yeah. And now I'm 36, so I feel like when you've passed the the mark of your 20s, it can feel hard to think that you're in the quarter life stage. You're like, "No, I'm a grown adult at this point." <laughs> well, yeah, 25 to 27. I think quarter life crisis is a fair thing to say. Yeah. That's what it felt like. You know, yeah. that, that's basically the time frame where you're shifting into no longer being the youngest adult in the room, but a lot of the other adults in the room are still older than you are. And you're like, oh shit, I'm in that transitional phase where I'm about to enter where those people are at. And I have no idea who the hell I am or what I want to do with my life. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a weird, it, it's, I'm still, I feel like in that age when I talk to people, who, yeah, if I talk to, now see, I, I'm like an old geezer compared to you. So that whopping six years, but. That whole six years. Whew. Yeah. But uh, talking to someone who's like 25 now, I feel like I'm 90. Uh, and I feel like they feel like I'm 90. But. Yeah, same. <laughs> talk to someone who's 40 and they're like, oh, you've got your whole life ahead of you. Mine's over. But you, I'm like, four years? Like. <laughs> Actually, though, which just shows us that age and time are what we make them right like it's all perspective yes yeah no but it is interesting i do love that it's like because I've, I've been criticized for calling it a midlife crisis they're like you think you're gonna live until you're like 65 and i'm like yeah yeah that's a yeah i hope hope a little you know bit how much i drink <laughs> you're like let me just set the bar low so i can exceed it okay yeah. my kids will be in their 40s by the time i'm 65 like you know, oh yeah, I, I, I popped them. Yeah, well, I didn't pop them out, but someone else popped them out. I guess I. Well, we don't need to go into that. <laughs> no, we played a role. We'll take we'll a role. There. But yeah, no, I mean, if this is what I just feel like, I always come back to is I called it my quarter life. You called it your midlife. Like at the end of the day, it was it was a straight up existential crisis, mm -hmm. um, and that translates no matter what age you are. Yeah, yeah, that's um, and I think uh, I'm curious how many people. So I guess uh, for those of you who have not heard, for those of you for for the listeners that have not he heard your story, this is my I'm this far into this drink and I can't even form a coherent thought. Um, it is whiskey, by the way, but still not that much for me. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, uh, and I haven't drank since last Tuesday, so may I, maybe that's where the, the, I'm, I'm a little mushy here. Uh, this is going to get interesting. <laughs> um, for those listeners who have not heard your story, uh, you, and again, this is similar but different, of course, but similar to a story I've told quite a bit in the beginning of my podcast of being in the corporate world. 
and being successful. And well, I'll let you describe what you were feeling. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. So I, I mean, as you just heard the age range I was in, I was like, I was very financially successful and thriving just to be totally transparent at my corporate job. I went straight there out of college. It was exactly what I got a degree in. Um, and I moved up the ranks pretty quick, like by up the ranks, I mean, just was getting recognized and, you know, the high achievers trips and things like that. My position wasn't shifting, but that's because it doesn't really in the role that I was in people stay in that role for 30 years and make bank doing that. Cause I don't want to have to manage people. Um, mm. Yeah, so it's it was a choice. But anyway, I, I say all that to say I was on the exact track that I had worked for that was expected of me. And I was doing, you know, really well by all outside parameters. And I basically hit this point where I was just more and more each day recognizing how disconnected I was from myself and what I actually wanted and what I actually cared about. And what made me even feel fulfilled whatsoever. Um, because I think the blessing of it was that I had this amazing job and I, I had everything that I had worked towards and it came to me in a relatively short time period. And I was like, uh Oh, if this is the pinnacle, I feel very empty. <laughs> this cannot be what I'm doing for the next 40 years of my life, you know, in the corporate world, like this is what I'm expected to do. Uh Oh, so I went on this like self-discovery, soul-searching journey, you know, for lack of a better word. And it led me down a lot of rabbit holes. I had to face a lot of shit I didn't want to about things I'd been ignoring or, you know, the fact that I had been people pleasing a lot. The fact that I had done exactly what was expected of me without pausing to think for even one second. And, um, you know, ultimately I did decide it wasn't the right place for me to stay because I was spending so much of my time and energy and yes, the financial box was getting checked, um, but that was pretty much it by the time I left. For me, not for everybody. It probably is a great job for some people. It wasn't for me. And um, I basically allowed releasing that to open up this huge space in my life, which has you know, helped me to bring in the things I actually do care about now that I know what they are. It's... Uh, it's almost a gift. I do think some people are perfectly capable of doing that corporate job that to you and me find it soul sucking for, for, you know, lack of a better term. Whereas some people are able to, I don't know whether they just shut it off, go in, do the job, turn it back on when they leave or, you know, they don't take it home with them. Mm -hmm. And I was always jealous of those people where it was like, See, you can do this. I can't. I uh, I have a friend who works for a company and, you know, corporate job. And it's one of those things. It's a weird segue. Um, not segue. Weird, weird change of in the middle of a sentence. Uh, but there was a, a truck commercial, I remember, when I still was in the corporate world. And this guy was at a barbecue and some guy came up and he's like, so what do you do? And the guy had flashes in his head and most of it involved a truck, obviously, but he was fishing, he was camping, he was doing this. It showed him, you know, uh, on a construction site doing something like he was a, you know, a foreman or something like that. But it, it showed 
15 different things he was doing and only one of those was his job and he's like uh <laughs> he couldn't answer because he does so much and it's like see that's that's the that's what i wish i could be where it's like my first you know when someone says so what do you do i think the normal average person says whatever their occupation is yeah. And and I so getting back to the friend I mentioned earlier, I, I think if you asked him what he did, maybe the seventh thing on the list would be that he has this 40 hour a week job. My little brother's the same way. He'd, he'd be like, I'm an author. I do that. Oh, yeah, I have a job. I have a full time job. I, I'm like, ah, jealous that you can. And, and maybe they just have jobs that they can really compartmentalize as opposed to some jobs you really you have to take it home or you're not going to be successful. Um, which I, I had my big issue because I was in management. When I went into management, a little bit of me died every time I had to go to a meeting and just do that corporate speak. Or when oh, yeah. like the regional vice president would make a terrible joke and you had to do the. <laughs> oh, PTSD. Yeah, right. It's your, and I, I'm like sitting here, like I w I would love to be a comedian. I'd love to start doing stand up comedy, and I have to sit here and l fake laugh at this guy's terrible jokes. <laughs> oh my, you're speaking my language. Like I, <laughs> I honestly had really close relationships to a lot of the people I worked with, and and it was still red tape. It was still corporate. It was still having to put a mask on and be a totally different version of yourself. Um, and I was in a technical sales role. I was in an outside sales role and like my degree is in engineering. So I would literally be talking to people, engineers and marketing people like about this very technical sales stuff all day. And just having to have both of those areas of my brain activated like I'm selling to you and have to stay on your page and you're always right. Cause you're the customer, mm -hmm. but also I'm talking to you about very technical things. And like, if you don't go this path that I'm recommending, your product might actually not work on the shelf. And like, really that was, that was a lot. And it's not to say I couldn't do it or, or like you couldn't do what you were doing. Cause I think that's the whole thing. We could, I didn't want to, and it was eating me and it freaked a lot of people out when I did finally say it out loud and I left because on the surface they had, you know, they wouldn't have known that that was going on. Um, everyone was like, what, what do you mean? Like you're literally primed to just continue growing and I'm like, doing all these things here. And I was like, Oh yeah, I actually hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was when I was a manager, the, the day we got our bonuses was the day that I put in my two week notice. I'm like, just, Make sure that check hits and like it was orchestrated. I even made sure that it leaked so that like the day before it's like, you know, you'd still get your bonus either way, but we really would like you to stay. And it's like, oh, I'll think about it. No, first I, I, I had to be sure they wouldn't make me work my last two weeks. So oh. by quitting on the day managers got their bonuses, they're like, yeah, you, you're out. I'm like, you're two out. weeks Fine. vacation. <laughs> uh, but I even went to another company, much better company. The boss was wonderful. I was out of management back into an individual role. Um, and this was right when COVID was happening too. So it was fully remote, you know, 
it was not a not generally a super labor intensive job uh and uh i still i like i think i i think i made it a year and a half in that job but i was like maybe six to nine months in i was like this is the perfect working conditions for this job and i'm still empty and miserable i'm like so that answers the question it was not that miserable awful boss and her boss that i had at the old job um and they were awful it was you know because again i'll i'll say i had two i had tremendous bosses in the next job and i still hated the job but i wasn't in fairness i wasn't i didn't have a panic attack like i did because i wanted to murder someone um mm -hmm. oh no i i so feel that and that's really that's similar to how i felt it was that like this i have everything that i've asked for and worked towards included like the environment was fine and i was like uh oh this isn't great <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yikes uh, and that was honestly that was the first window into recognizing that i didn't know what i actually wanted because i did think i wanted that and i achieved it and i was like oh that's interesting this isn't actually at all what i want <laughs> It, you know, it, it's it. It actually brings me back to a time. So I, I've had bouts of depression throughout my life, and um, when I was twenty or twenty-one, I think I just turned twenty-one. Um, I was. I mean, I I almost committed suicide. Um, but at the time, I was in college. I was getting paid to go to college, like. Okay. abundance of scholarships i was making money i lived at home uh but no problem with the parents that was not an issue i you know had a quite a social life um i worked for the tampa bay rays major league baseball team in a oh, yeah. somewhat glamorous i was in the locker room talking to players and coaches and everything like it was a and i so if you looked at it on paper it was like what more could you ask out of life and that's that's when it's like yeah, that's and in that scenario, it was more just dealing with the depression that was the problem, not necessarily, you know, what my but it's still it's like when everything on paper looks like it should be great and you're feeling empty or worse. It's probably a sign that you need to some you need to fix something, yes. whether it's mental or or occupational or whatever. Right. I mean, yes. And I think that's that's where a lot of people do turn and they get stuck in that state of depression or anxiety, like whichever version, maybe a combo even, because it's scary to recognize that you're in that state it is really, it's, it's like an instant of excitement that, oh my gosh, I figured it out. I know this isn't it. I don't want to be here right now. And then one moment later, the tidal wave of, oh shit, that means my whole life has to be overhauled comes washing over you um and that is really scary really overwhelming and then the whole question of okay now what though <laughs> because i do not want to find myself in this situation just somewhere else right i don't want to recreate a different version of my current circumstances um and that can turn into you know 
paralysis by analysis and just staying where you're at because you don't want to take the quote unquote wrong step in a different direction. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that a lot of people and God bless them. Like if it works for you again, so people do need to work a lot of these jobs. Like it's not, it's, you know, there would be no janitors if we all had our dream job, but get, you know, hopefully there's happy janitors who are happy cleaning up and then have a, a good life outside of work or just really like cleaning. Yeah. I totally really. believe there are. <laughs> yeah. I, I would assume so. I mean, but uh, or at least they can turn it on and off. But it, it is a uh, there was always kind of a, a an attitude that I think was maybe slightly even above my generation, but kind of trickled into to some of, you know, the thinking. We're both millennials, so I don't know why yeah. I'm acting like I'm a generation different than you. But you, you own the generation. <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh... <laughs> But uh, it, it, the thought of like, well, you just have to work until you're 55, 60, then you retire and enjoy your life. And I again, I do think part of it is, you know, my lifestyle where I'm like, but 55, I had back surgery when I was 25 years old because just degenerative issue at 25. I'm like, at 50, I, I'm going to want to lay in bed half the time, like. I don't I want to do fun stuff while I still have a body and a mind and, and you know I don't plan on living <laughs> as you know I don't plan yeah, on making as it you to share. 70 yeah I you had I, your quarter life crisis at 30 so yeah no I'm 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 figured I'm 70 is like whoa I made it this far something went wrong <laughs> it's happening here yeah yeah they, they really made scientific advances as far as uh, uh you know fixing the body um no i i so feel that i feel like the, the entire millennial generation was massively imprinted with that because all of our parents were very much ingrained with that mm -hmm. and and i think with the added fact of they were kind of the first generation as a whole that had the opportunity to kind of live that out and not even all of them did. We were then the first generation that was like, it's almost required to go to college and get a job right after, a corporate job right after. Like it was, it at least in the communities that I grew up in, it was less common to not do that. <laughs> like it was, it was out of the norm if you weren't going to go get higher education straight out of high school, whatever that may be. It could be a two-year community college situation it could be a four-year it didn't matter like you were expected to go on and get a corporate job right after that mm -hmm. yeah work work for the man yeah go do totally. it what's wrong like, with it <laughs> didn't occur to anybody to do anything different um and i think that is a lot of what we're seeing right now like as a an aftermath of the pandemic and of people getting that mini taste of what it was would be like to not be going to the office every day and being like wait a minute there's a lot of people with successful remote jobs out here who are still living their lives um and i think it's just i think it's just shifted the way that people view how they have to work as a whole um, to your point, some people love and thrive in the nine to five setting and like power to you. We need you. I am not one of you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 something about a clock dictating your day 
it just really got under my skin mm-hmm. especially because it was like okay it's especially in management where where i was it was eight to five mm-hmm. it's like well i want to leave at four what if i show up at seven nope you need to be here till five so i i one of the things that set me off was this terrible terrible woman who I kind of worked for two. One was lovely and one was the devil. Fair Evil. <laughs> Evil incarnated. Um, and she she was actually, not, uh, one day, her boss was out of the office on vacation the day before Thanksgiving. And in the industry we worked in, day before Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve were not days that we did anything. Because okay. especially in my department, we usually were settling cases with attorneys. And attorneys don't work the day before Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve because they don't need to. Mm -hmm. So we would sit there and twiddle our thumbs and, you know, just figure out, do busy work, catch up on old stuff we hadn't gotten to. But it was a complete waste of time. And she called us in and said, you know, uh, half of you managers in this department, you can leave two hours early today, the day before Thanksgiving. Half of you can leave two hours early on Christmas Eve. And I'm like, I'm going to go to Christmas Eve mass with my family at 4.30, so I'll leave at 3 so I can get there on time. On Christmas Eve, I'll I'll happily work till 5 today. I don't, I'm not going anywhere for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, then on Christmas, the boss was back, and he said, anyone who leaves by 5 o'clock is going to get written up. Uh, gonna, gonna, and I was like, wait, yeah, I was told that I could leave. Like, that was the whole thing. So, and, and then this woman who told us that said, how stupid are you to think you could do that? And I started shaking. I had to walk out of the building. I I was literally shaking. And I'm like, this bitch, she is an evil. I've heard I sent a I sent a nice letter when I left, a, a nice little nuclear bomb when I left. Um I've 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 heard she's actually been much better since then. I don't know. I, hope, I like to I think I affected change. Yeah. I hope she's learned or gotten, you know, reprimanded because what the hell? Yeah. I promise it, things you can't keep to and stick to. And I 100% agree. That was absolutely one of the things that got under my skin the most as well is like the time expectations. Um, yes, ours was also an eight to five. And I was in outside sales, as you just heard. And yeah. so that is irrelevant. Um, there is no time frame. You're expected to obviously be online during that time. You're also expected to be online anytime that a customer reaches out to you whatsoever because you have a phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, I was, and that did bring in a lot of financial gain for me. It also brought in a hell of a lot of stress and like I, my husband still jokes about it. Like if my phone rings at 7 PM, I'm a total spaz, like knowing now that it's clearly not work-related. I'm like, like where, who is it? Like I jump up, stop eating dinner immediately. I'll like run to go. Like it's a customer and it's an emergency. It's ingrained in your head. (laughs) Yes. And quite frankly, it was never an emergency. Even when they thought it was an emergency, I was not a brain surgeon. (laughs) <laughs> it it's you know what's funny it, i i it's the exact same thing where i was i was in a movie that shot last year and 
the director of the movie called me on my phone. He's called me a handful of times since we finished shooting. And every time I'm like, oh my God, what I do? What I do? <laughs> Where do you need me? When? Yes, whatever you say. Well, and, and usually he's just like, how are you doing? Just nice, super nice guy. And I know he's a nice guy, but there's just a panic instinct that kicks in where I'm like, oh no, what did I do? What did I do? And I'm like, why am I, he can't punish me. <laughs> like, yeah. what is he going to do? <laughs> right? We're done. The movie's done. <laughs> what, do, what am I thinking is going to happen if I let this go to voicemail and call him back after I'm done eating? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Or it's just like, why do I assume he's going to call and yell at me? <laughs> right. It's, yeah. And that's like confirmation that we got out of situations we needed to. It's just it I don't know it was that and also I think something that I I feel that you'll appreciate as well is just that needing to pretend that things that don't really matter matter a lot um mm -hmm. that was really really once I kind of pulled back the curtain and realized all these things that I was feeling and seeing and all of that I was like uh oh, I can't unfeel this way. This is not good. It's getting harder and harder to pretend that this call, this standing Tuesday call is that big mm -hmm. of a deal. Um, or that me being in front of this person is really going to be the make or break of making this sale or not. Like it, it just felt so not aligned is the word I'll use. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm being expected to spend a lot of energy in this way. And I have a limited amount of energy to your point. Like I'd love to be relaxing at 50. Yes. Still living my life, but like I am a sloth and I know I am. And I was really getting burnt out by having to use more energy than I even had and I think that's kind of what you were saying in the beginning of like, we we get home from these types of roles, people like you and I, and we don't have anything else to give to anything else. Mm -hmm. I've given it all already. Some people just have more energy than me. Great. <laughs> and they can, they can still go do things and have that story of when people ask them what they do, they have 10 other things they can say because they had the energy to do it because their job isn't sucking their life out of them. I would get home and I would literally just be such a wench like, to my husband. I was such a bitch. I was so done. He'd be like trying to be nice and do something. And I'd be like, shut up. Let's just eat dinner and go to bed. I don't want to be here. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Xsense. Xsense is an innovative company providing home safety products, including cutting edge smoke detectors, carbon monoxide alarms, and other smart home security systems designed to keep you and your loved ones safe 24-7. With easy-to-install devices and smart technology, you'll have peace of mind knowing that Xsense is always on guard. As a special offer to our podcast listeners, Xsense is offering an exclusive 15% discount on your first purchase. Visit Xsense.com, that's X hyphen S-E-N, se.com and use the promo code jeff macolino at checkout protect what matters most with accents and hey real quick too don't uh let this pass you by uh big discounts during amazon prime day which is july 11th and 12th uh great products like the sco7 which is the smoke and carbon uh carbon monoxide detector i just said to do chemistry 
<laughs> and the XS01, which is the smoke detector. Uh, they'll have discounts starting in July. Again, protect what matters most with XS. I, I I think it's something to putting the proper amount of energy towards a corporate job also, where I have a feeling you and I both were like, do the best. I mean, I'm still that way in every stupid thing. It's like, I want to do the best at everything that I do. And it's like, but you, you just have to, I mean, look, it's a good attitude to have, but when you're someone made this comparison now at least in sales you you probably had commissions where you actually did get to see some of the success yeah whereas like if i did something brilliant that saved the company millions of dollars i have a salary i might get a little higher bonus and a little higher raise but it's not like i'm like you saved us five million dollars here's half a million no oh i i even had that when I should probably not share this story, but I'm going to. Well, when I worked for the Rays, I was making seven fifty an hour. I want to say. Um, now I was in college, and and you know I didn't need the money. This was you know, but um, I I got the the team was an arbitration with a player. He wanted three point three million. They wanted to pay him three, and I was tasked with going through and finding negative things about him that were written about things that he had done, which is a legitimate, I mean, it, it, you know, the way it works, it was a legitimate thing, but you know, I'm sitting here like how much of that 300,000, if you win, do I get? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I had that in an internship. <laughs> um, I did that in an internship in college. I literally saved the company that was part of my like big task after the end of the six, seven months that I worked there was like find the cost savings based on the efficiencies of the machines and like what we can go back to the manufacturers of them to say like, hey, this is the efficiency rate you promised us and this is actually what it's doing. Um, anyway, long story short, yeah, I similar thing. It was like 500000 to a million dollars worth a year that we're getting lost in efficiencies and I found where and it was like that was just my final um, thesis, if you will, peace out, goodbye, I'm done. Yeah, they offered me a full-time job afterwards, but it was like, yeah, I don't want to work in this like manufacturing plant in bumfuck nowhere. Like <laughs> that doesn't feel like a prize for what I just did to this company. Like congratulations. Uh, yeah, like I was like, no, I'm clearly the shining star here. I'm like a 20-year-old that just found a million dollar gap in your efficiencies. This is dangerous. I don't ever want to be the smartest person in the building. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's something that's something else you you learn. Well, I learned. I don't it sounds like you did too. You never want to be the smartest person in a room because it just it drives you insane. Oh yeah. No, that's <laughs> dangerous. That's a dangerous role to play. And I'm also not even saying I was smarter than everybody, but I was capable and I that Smart scared enough. the shit out yeah. of me. Yeah. I mean, let's just put it this way. They all called me college there. Everyone there called me college. So <laughs> There's a little perspective, but yeah, I do just want to go back and say this too, because I think you're spot on with it. My family motto growing up, um, like my grandpa taught us all grandkids, 10 grandkids, this when I was probably three years old was good enough is not enough. It is ever the enemy of the best. And um, no, actually 
<laughs> good enough is quite literally enough. It's in the definition. And that all, all of my cousins and myself overachieve and feel like absolute shit when we don't. Like that is, there's benefits to it. There's also the case where I straight up burnt out before I was even 27 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I misspoke. I think you'll like this because the, the saying is good is the enemy of great, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Meaning good is not good. Great is what you want. Yes. And I misspoke and I said, great is the enemy of good. And someone's like, no, it's the other way around. I'm like, but is, is it? <laughs> is it being uh, you know if you're doing and i'll be honest like i'm part of my charm in in the podcast the, my youtube whatever is it's like oh it's sloppy it's put together with a you know but that's that's also a choice i made it's not like i don't want a good product it's like i want it to be purposely not perfect imperfect Yes. I want to take the pressure off needing it to be perfect because otherwise I won't share this with you guys at all. And that defeats the point that yes. I am. I've done the same thing with mine. I'm like, look, is this the best editing job I could possibly do? No. Is it out for people to listen to it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've, I've had those, I've had those talks with, uh, I, I think a mutual friend of our da uh, uh, Daniel. Yes. I've had, I've had some talks with him about uh about uh we 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 had a, a guest where i aired the episode and he didn't and and i'm like well, i get it because i do get it why he didn't but i was like you know not everything needs to be perfect because oh, yeah. <laughs> he was telling me it takes like four hours to edit a one hour podcast or something and i'm like usually it takes me like zero seconds to edit a one-hour podcast i'm just like if i didn't write anything down as far as a bad glitch or audio thing like this podcast i'm gonna have a mid-roll ad so i will have to actually spend you know two minutes but as of now i'm like all right well nothing's getting edited out of this yeah it's like let me make sure the music phases in and uh, we're good perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like i i don't i like the i even like the awkward yeah like the awkward pauses sometimes because I'm like, well, that's, that's how conversation goes. Right. <laughs> right. That's real life. That's, I mean, I know I appreciate that when listening to podcasts, that it sounds like a genuine conversation. That's what makes me feel like I'm actually a part of the conversation when I listen to podcasts. I'm like, Oh, this yes. is like, this is real. This is a raw conversation. Yeah. It's, it's not fake. It's not edited. Uh, now I, I can listen to both, but yeah, it, it's, I have a lot more appreciation. I've also come to realize listening to myself be edited on other podcasts. I'm like, I, I need to drink less <laughs> when I go on a people's podcast. <laughs> Cause sometimes I'll like, uh, 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 and I'm like, Oh, that's awful. That guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, the biggest problem I have with it is I sound like I'm 60. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to sound like I'm like on my deathbed yet. I, I still have some time. <laughs> I'm still cooking. I'm still under 40. <laughs> yeah. I still have at least 20 to 30 years. At least. Exactly. The oh uh <laughs> Yeah. Listening back to yourself is probably the hardest part. Maybe that's just why we don't. 
that's actually the biggest reason why I don't. I, I really detest editing video, which is why I only put audio full audio out because yep. I don't. I'm like, what's wrong? What part of it is like the simple thing of like, this is my camera and this is where you are. So the whole time I'm looking at you. Yes. When I know a polished professional would be looking right here, but I'm like, well, yeah, but it, what if, what if she starts going like this? Like I, I need a timeout. I even had an, a thing where some dude was banging on my door and I, I asked the guest, I'm like, uh, Hey, let tell my guests where, where they can reach you. And I'm like, length and lay and i i went and darted <laughs> so this guy oh had to talk for two or three minutes while i was there was an empty chair here and i'm like see if there was no video that would have been really awkward <laughs> yeah you're like please filibuster for me while i go deal with this situation <laughs> no yeah, one I, ever know <gasps> yeah i feel like if i don't go deal with this situation there might be a much bigger situation <laughs> brewing exactly. so <laughs> exactly no i'm i'm right there with you i feel like it's easier to just do the audio it's just yeah i don't know i i have seen that i burn myself out in perfecting things so anywhere that i can just take that pressure away including the podcast like i'm gonna do that and i feel like it also is just like a permission slip for other people to do the same thing that you're working with, that mm -hmm. you're conversing with, all of that stuff. It's like, look, I'm not putting pressure on myself for this to be perfect. I really don't want you to do that either. Like show up, we'll have a conversation. If it ends up not being what you want, we'll talk about it. <laughs> like we'll figure out what we need to do. It's okay. It's literally just a podcast at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. No. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, yeah. And guess what? If I really need a podcast and I can't get a good conversation, I'll just record one by myself. Wow. Novel idea. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it 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 can work. I, I don't like doing that because that's a lot. I feel like it's way too much pressure yeah. on my shoulders. I, I literally have only done it like a couple times and it's been specific instances where I was like, okay this feels like it'll be 12 minutes and I just want to share this message. So might as well. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about what you're doing now. Uh, before I do, here's just an interesting, weird side note. Since I brought up Elle and Daniel, you know, this is, I have a weird version of imposter syndrome where I assume, and I know, especially with Daniel, because I've talked to him, I talked to him pretty consistently. So I, I know that, but I have this imposter syndrome of like, that person just pretended they liked me. They don't really like me at all. Like even in my real life, like I I, I was talking to a buddy. I'm like, oh yeah, all those guys, all those dudes hate me. And they're like, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh yeah, everyone hates me. They just tolerate me. And it's like, what? so so I have like the interesting perspective. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how I I was literally. You sent me a message, and by the way, I was like. Why do I, why does this sound so familiar? I was listening to Elle's podcast with you on as a guest. As on, my, I'm sitting here on my phone. I just started the episode and I get a message from you. And I'm like, why does that name sound so familiar? Oh, yeah. Hey, it's, it's. That's so <laughs> weird. What are the chances of that? That's actually that, wild. Yes. I I was going to say, I, I, I don't know if I told you that or not, but I was no. just like this is really strange. I'm like, why is this like, literally this name was just in my head minutes ago. 
oh, I'm listening to her talk right now. <laughs> oh, because she just said it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ago. It was the weirdest thing ever. But again, I, I'm like, oh, well, I, I, I had a great time with Elle, but I I I, I was pretty sure that Elle uh, was she liked me enough, at least conversationally. Um, but that's every podcast guest. I'm always like, I bet they hate me. And, and in fairness, like half the podcast guests I've had, I still communicate with in one way, shape or form or another. Not all the time, but like. You know, so it's like I really need to stop that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I don't have that version of it. I have the version of first of all, also that's just so cool. I love that you didn't tell me that before. Um, but what I have is that I, because probably I was in sales and it came from like I did this in my childhood too. I will be whoever that person wants me to be, um, and. Mm that I leave a situation actually having the opposite feeling of like, I leave most situations. Like I think they liked me more than I wanted them to, because uh, I just became a reflection of what they wanted to, to hear. Um, and, now and I'm going to leave this interview thinking, Oh, she hates me. She Not at all. <laughs> Genuinely not at all. You, you already know that I don't because Daniel and L both separately recommended that we talk um so yeah they were already like no you guys are gonna drive for sure which is definitely happening but and and to be fair anybody that I've talked to in the past like two years just know I've really done a lot of work around that <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's just it's still that constant in the back of my mind like yeah did they really like me or did they like the version of me that I just presented to them which is I don't even know if that was me or not yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting, especially with podcasting, because it is so varied. I mean, I've even, I've had podcast, uh, people ask me to be on their podcast, and I've actually responded, which version of me do you want? And they're like, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, it doesn't sound great when <laughs> <laughs> when like, you now that I say that back hmm. but it's like you look there there's me on my first drink there's me on my zero drink there's me yeah. on my 12th drink there's me where I play into being Florida man or you know I, I totally. or, or ones where they're like we want a comedian I'm like all right well I gotta be goofy like I gotta be sharp and witty like yes throw jokes show out up ready to be a jester for you yeah right right yes. and i don't mind any of those things but but it's it's uh it and is I need interesting to know which energy to bring <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no i i totally that's also probably part of the reason i sat on not having a podcast for a while um because i was like scared that i was just gonna play into conversations too heavily instead of just letting them be what they were um and i think you know to a certain extent it is because I do feel like I resonate with most people on totally different levels. Like I can go talk, shoot the shit with you and like do comedian type stuff. Like we can totally do that. I can also literally go on a podcast right after this and talk about spirituality and astrology and human design and like go nowhere near anything funny whatsoever. And that is cool now I can see, but it also was super, super confusing when I was like, 
I basically just felt like I was like 16 different people at the peak of my existential crisis. And I had no cohesion between any of them. Mm. That I is know, like where the like, okay, with that person, I'm this with that person, I'm this with them, I'm that. And if any of them bleed into the others, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I relate to that with uh, even, I mean, when I got separated and then divorced uh, at 27, I was, uh, when I had my kids, I was like Danny Tanner, you know, just dad, just yeah. no, no straight line, whatever, straight laced. Uh, the other version of me was, I used to say I was Danny Tanner or Charlie Sheen. Like I would do pretty big difference. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty bad. Uh, bad is a not, not harmful to other people to be clear, but I would do things that were definitely, definitely some things that were illegal. Yeah, wild, um, we'll say. Yeah, yeah. They they were definitely, uh, my mother, well, I told my mom most of what I did, which was, she did not appreciate, but, you know. It, they never do. Like, no. don't you want openness? Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. Uh, but yeah, no, I it, it was a weird, I would even listen to different music driving home from work. Oh, yeah. On my, on my Charlie days, as opposed to my Danny days. One hundred percent. Yeah. Now, maybe maybe that helped me now that I'm trying to get into acting, maybe that, you know, now I can. Yeah, honestly, I I act as well. And I think that's probably literally part of why we can, because I can escape into another personality pretty damn easily. Yeah. I also think it can, you know, I spent a good part of my life thinking I was a massive hypocrite and manipulator and flip-flop and now I can view it from a different perspective and just recognize that it's like no I just am really multifaceted not that everybody isn't but I honor that and it's also like okay maybe I do need a lot of different things going on in my life which is why that corporate job was really hard for me I need to have different pieces of my personality activated by different avenues because one yeah. quite simply can't do it for me. <laughs> like, I need, I, I have such a wide range, I guess, that it can be very confusing sometimes when it gets really narrow, when the, the circumstances of my life get really narrow, I should say. Um, and I feel like that's when I start to feel very disconnected from, from who I am because certain parts of me just aren't getting a chance to be. Yeah, no, that's, that's, well said. Um, I've thought about it a lot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe you. Uh, uh, so I, I've teased it, I think, six times uh, during this. So what now that you're out of the corporate jungle, uh, what do what are you doing now in a nutshell i know yes. by the way we we could like i'm like we could have like eight different podcasts covering very different topics yeah so 100 <laughs> percent. but what right are you doing now, now? <laughs> yeah as of today when we record this um the the very brief summary is I left my corporate job to coach other people through existential crisis like I did um, because I really felt like I 
I found the way back to who I really was in that journey. And so I was coaching people around that. I was using um, astrology and human design to support with that as a part of the process. Where I'm at now, about a year and a half later, is really that next evolution, I guess, of using those tools and finding that a part of my journey with this was finding a way to live a life and be an entrepreneur and have a business that actually aligned with me, like at every level, at the energetic level, really like, does this feel good or does this not feel good to me? Do I feel drained at the end of the day or more excited about it after what I'm doing? And so I'm now supporting other entrepreneurs to basically create their own customized business plans based on their energetics using human designs mostly, um, but other tools as well, because really it's like, you can use all the tips and tricks out there from other people, but at the end of the day, that's what worked for them. And the only way really to figure out what works for you is to look at yourself and then work backwards from there. So that's what I'm helping people with um, because that system is super complicated, but it's really helpful if you know how to decode it. And I have done a lot of work to know how to decode it. So I want to save people time so they don't have to figure it out and help them to understand their own energetics so they can apply it to their lives. Making people's lives better. Now, and and I mentioned a multitude of different podcasts of things we could talk about. Um, so with the human design and astrology element, because sometimes I do serious podcasts. And not that this was not a serious podcast at all, but... Played. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't science-ish, you know. You, yeah. Um the one bone I have to pick with astrology, but I, I've heard you talk about it and I think you are more well, I don't know. I'll say it and you tell yeah. me because I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um I always some I think people with astrology are a little too into like the fate predestination type thing, which I understand. But at the same time, it's like, so if my destiny is to be a, just, just to, 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 to make a living, just doing this podcast. Okay. I'm going to go sit on my ass and watch TV for the next 17 days. And you tell me how much that helped me make, but it's my destiny. So I'm going to go eat Cheetos all day and drink and, you know, so that's always yeah. my thing. It's like, no, you, but your free will has to mean something. Work ethic has to mean something. Yes. So I, I get mixed up. I, I remember, and again, kind of a different subject, but still on the same thing. And, and um, I had someone who, who was great. And I remember her talking on her podcast, uh, Christine Rodriguez, she was talking on her podcast about some friend of hers who was in a relationship with a guy and they went to some astrology reader and they said you you two should need to break up and she she said that was you know that was terrible nobody should ever do that yeah. um but I'm, right so i'm like but but that's the tra like i i don't know so yeah. i think you understand what i'm saying I totally do. And that's honestly, I'm right there with you. That's probably one of my biggest bones to pick with any system, astrology, human design, like pick, pick a system 
there's some version of that out there. And as you've probably heard from this conversation, I am really not into anything super black and white. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I get bothered as well when astrology or human design is interpreted in that way. It's it's not definitive. It's giving you information where you then get to decide which, you know, of the range of the way this can be expressed, which end of the spectrum do I want to fall on? Basically, like, I'll just give a really brief example. My Mercury, which is how I communicate, is exactly conjunct. So right on top of at the same degree as the public image that I present to the world, my midheaven, like, and my son. So the core of who I am, like all of these things are literally right on top of each other in my birth chart. Someone could totally look at that and say, oh, like you're meant to have a podcast. You're meant to communicate on a grand scale publicly. Like for sure. Cool. Okay, cool. And now I feel like shit if I don't have a podcast Mm, or I feel like that's all I can do. It literally just means that I am meant to communicate in a big way. <laughs> like that can mean so many, so many things. That can mean I'm literally just out traveling around the world and I'm doing speaking engagements. That can mean I'm working one-on-one with people and I'm just meant to share that information with them. Like I can't not share it. It's a core personality trait of who I am. I have to be communicating how I'm feeling and thinking. Like it just it really bothers me when people interpret that kind of stuff in such a definitive way. You will X or you will Y or you're going to do this and there's no other possibilities. It's like, it's literally just telling you potentials and those potentials should be on a, a ranging scale. And then you get to be the one to decide <laughs> where on that scale you're going to land. And you're probably going to land in multiple spots along it throughout the course of your entire life. And that's okay. <laughs> I like that explanation. I li- I like that explanation. Uh, it it. <laughs> I was thinking of jokes the whole time. Sorry. <laughs> oh man, I wish we had like six hours here so you could just. I throw I refilled out. my drink to in a smaller <gasps> cup because I had some backup ice. Yeah. Like, tell me more, sloshes. Glass. <laughs> well, I I was like, I need to go to an astrologist. To be like, look at this. There's a million women who would be perfect for you. I'm like, I bet I could prove every one of those wrong. <laughs> it could go in that direction too. <gasps> well, and that's I I so there are and I'm I think there's a little I think there's a lot of this in you too. Especially oh, the first thing that made me start laughing was the work in the gray kind of thing. I one thing I say. In my life all the time, there's no such thing as black or white. It's just infinite shades of gray. Yep. And I did think, I'm like, oh, if I got a black co-host, we could do a podcast and really work on that title. <laughs> yes. Talk about rebranding. We're coming up with a new podcast name. Well, in the middle, of, I was just like, oh, man, that would be a great we can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if that doesn't already exist, I would be surprised. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's surprising how many great podcast names do not exist. That is very true. Very, very true. Um, but there is so uh, the other thing I, I going back to what I was saying, it's there. there has to be that contrarian or anti-authority spirit in a lot of people that are like, oh, this is what I'll prove that wrong. Oh yeah. So I that that's where I'm I'm always like so I, but I don't know if that's just shooting yourself in the foot or make yeah I don't know if that make 
potentially yeah. could make you a better person. I don't know. No, I think I think there's a lot of people like that for sure. And I'll I'm actually share something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, same. <laughs> for anybody that does like astrology who's listening to this, those planets I just talked about are in Aquarius. So like that's the definition of the rebel of the Zodiac. Like I'm not doing what you tell me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I will just share one thing to that that I think goes hand in hand with that. Daniel and I actually just talked about this on a podcast episode I just recorded, but we haven't put it together yet. And it's something that my husband brought up to me because he doesn't, he's like not into astrology at all. He's like, cool, live your life. But like, I don't give a shit about it. And, and so he would actually do a lot of the, the whole poking for me in the beginning when I was getting really into it. So I, you know, I would know how to respond to people when they'd be like, that shit's not real. Um, which is a whole nother conversation. Believe what you want. Like, I don't really care. It helps me. Cool. Um, yeah. And one of the things he pointed out was like, there's a lot of confirmation bias that can come in with a system like this, where I can just, you can literally tell me anything about yourself, Jeff, and I can look at your chart and I can literally probably point to something and say, well, that's where that's coming from. Um, and I'm not denying that I can't do that. I also think that's where the believing or not believing in it comes into play too. And just my opinion of any tool like this, like astrology or human design is like, I'm so much less concerned with believing in it or not, or needing this like definitive form of evidence and proof and whatever. If I can use this as a tool to support me in my personal growth, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. If this I is love that. having me ask different questions about myself than I would have otherwise, I that's the whole point. Yeah. No, I I've actually used that pretty much very, very similar argument when talking about God. Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, like if someone's using it to better themselves i don't give a shit if god's real or not mm -hmm. yeah, i'd like i'd good. like there to be a god who would make me feel better so i like to believe there's a, i don't if someone said how do you know oh i don't know <laughs> yeah i'm not well, an idiot i, I wouldn't what, claim to know <laughs> that's what beliefs are it's like it's using the information we have the experiences that we've had and what feels best to us to form an opinion <laughs> like that's what i believe a belief is at least it's like with the context that I have and how I want to feel, I'm going to choose to believe my air quotes this or not. Like, and that's, that's how I feel about that as well. It's like, I don't care if your version of God is different than mine, or if I'm even calling it God and you're not like, it doesn't matter to me. It's more that we just feel good about whatever we're choosing to believe in. And By the way, making us a better person. I, I might edit this out, but Greatest podcast name, themed podcast. Oh, uh, a believe a belief. You said it. Believe a belief. Believe a belief. You could make it about like astrology, this, that, the other. You, you just create Bigfoot. Oh man, because I don't believe in anything technically, but I'm open to almost everything. Right, so that you you get someone who believes it. Just believe a belief that. Is that, is... Oh, I love that. That's actually really fun. Maybe we should have a series. <laughs> that, that, that's it actually could be a great series. Like, just, yeah. you know, dive into, you know, flat earth, you know, I have to table this and make a series out of it. I'm so into All that. Right. See, I might, that's why I said, I might edit this out. Yeah, it might like, actually um, be a thing. I am on board because <laughs> I can talk about all of those things. 
Yeah, in, that's in probably both directions. Too. Yeah, well, that that's it's an it's an interesting. Uh, but I love the the way you said it. Believe a belief. I'm like that's a podcast title right there. It is. That's like a band. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, usually the great podcast names could also be great band names. They go right? hand in hand. Yeah. Um. So Claire, to to allow you to leave, uh, tell my audience, and everything will be in the show notes, including the spelling of your name, of course. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and in the title of the podcast your name will be there too it's actually the first words uh in the podcast but uh claire tell my audience where they can find you um and all that yeah thank you for having me this has been really fun and i will say the best two places right now to find me are just my website which is clairecompania.com and then my instagram uh, which is claire period Campania. Those are the two best places, probably where I'm most active. And if you haven't been able to tell from this conversation, I'm a total nerd and just like talking about things that interest me, which is pretty much everything. So feel free to reach out. Like I actually love, love talking to randos about random topics. So. Yeah. That's basically what this podcast was. Yeah. <laughs> the invitation is open. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, last thing. Can you tell my brother, my little brother, he's not on, but I'm going to clip it and send it to him. What an asshole he is for, he always, he, he's one of these people and he obviously has the same last name. He, he calls Chipotle Chipotle. He calls, this is the one that's going to get you champagne. He calls Champagna. Champagna. Yeah. Oh, I got it. I knew. (laughs) Oh, I I knew you'd know. I, I I knew you'd know. Yeah. And and his last name is Macalino. Come on, man. Don't yeah. do that, Macalino. Little Macalino. It's not allowed. We don't like it. We know yeah. how to pronounce it. I was going to say, say it, I, right? Damn it. I'm going to call him Joseph Macaroni from now on, but I don't know exactly. that that's really. <laughs> but you're like, I feel annoyed at myself for even doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. Uh, Claire, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast. I so agree. Thank you for having me. That's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you so much uh, to uh, Claire for joining me. Uh, make sure you follow her. Check out her podcast uh, and uh, the website, the Instagram, all that fun stuff. She was a, a lot of fun to talk to, and I hope that I will do it again uh, in the uh, somewhat near future. So uh, I got a couple of acting gigs I'll probably shout out next episode. Um, Facebook tells me that women want everything is close to coming out on Amazon prime. You'll know when I know folks follow me on the Twitter, Instagram, subscribe to the YouTube, follow on the Facebook, um, minds. I really want to start using minds more. Bill Ottman was on the podcast, uh, a few months ago and, uh, want to get into that a little bit more just because it, it seems like there's actually organic reach opportunity there. And I'll, you know, check out the, yeah, whatever. Follow me there. Uh, uh, come back next week for another great episode. That's in the outro already. Okay. Uh, boom, it's over. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening. It was amazing. <laughs> I I loved it. Be sure to come back for another great episode. I'm one wing away from Jeff Macalino. Of the Jeff Macalino Podcast. How much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast? You want to just straight, that's my name. I'll add the word podcast to it. Yup. See you next week. Thank you.